Hey, listeners, if you are thinking about divorce and concerned about your children, please go to my online parenting plan course. It will help you plan how you're going to parent through divorce and beyond. And I promise you, it will keep conflicts from erupting in the future while keeping you centered on your children. Check it out at lisakoski.com. Welcome to Doing Divorce Different. Join family law attorney turned mediator, Lisa Koski, for candid conversations on how to alleviate the fear of divorce and how to heal through empowerment. Now your host, Lisa Koski. Welcome listeners. I am so excited to have empowerment and life coach, Shannon McGorry here with me today. She is going to help us learn how to kind of change our mindset and take control in all the chaos of divorce and more. So Shannon, I'm just so thankful to have you here. And what my listeners know is that usually when I bring people on, I get their authentic story as to why they started doing this, because most of us have been through something and want to help people. So if I can just, you know, if we can get to know you a little bit better on that level, that would be very helpful. Sure, absolutely. So you hit the nail on the head. I um, have been through my own divorce. And in going through that process, I really wanted to help other women understand that, yes, it is the end of their marriage, but it doesn't have to define them. And I really felt a calling, a strong calling to be able to do that. So my girls and I moved 2,000 miles and I started my master's degree in marriage and family therapy and I'm going, going, going and then hit the wall. Like maybe you shouldn't be studying at one in the morning with two little ones who are seeing snow for the first time and who are starting new schools and a new acclimation to family life. And I really needed to get them grounded and be more present. So I took a leave from the master's program and then turned my eye to coaching and just fell in love with it, Lisa, because it's really focused. I like to use the analogy, like therapy absolutely has its place. And most of my clients have both a coach and a therapist, but I like to say therapy is like looking in the rear view mirror and thinking about what happened and why did it happen? And how do we deal with that? And coaching is about sitting in the driver's seat and looking out that huge window in the front about what do I want to intentionally create in my life? And that's really what lit me up inside because I'm like, I will not be defined by this divorce. I have too much life to live and I I want it to be amazing. And so as hard and as sad and as overwhelmed as I was, I really wanted to use the places that I had been to identify with others who are in those same places and to help them see when we're willing to do the work and take control of our lives, there is so much something so much better on the other side. And I'm not saying better compared to their marriage, just better than staying stuck in the divorce process. Right. And I, you know, I love, I was kind of looking at some of your social media and your website, and I love that you are passionate about holding women accountable. And as am I, I mean, I want to empower my clients every time I work with them to a better life after divorce. And, you know, like you said, you can't just lay around and think it's going to happen. You have to work towards it. So can you help my listeners sharing when there's such a chaotic time like divorce, 
That's what I find really difficult for my clients is that it's hard when you're so stressed out to find a way to work through it and you have to work through the divorce. You're there. Mm -hmm. So that's the circumstance. So how do you help people with this? Yeah, absolutely. And you bring up a great point because divorce brings with it so many choices and decisions and thoughts and feelings and conversations, and it can get the best of us in a New York minute. Mm -hmm. So what I really like to help clients do is harness their mindset because the link between our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions is so strong. What we think affects how we feel. And based on how we feel, we go and have these conversations or attend these meetings or whatever the case may be. And so if we can really harness her mindset to acknowledge the negative thoughts and things that are there, but to really say to ourselves, okay, how do we want this to be? What do we need to think about? What kind of a woman do you want to show up to be throughout this process? That's one step. The second is to really get in touch with who she is. And I always say it's like an onion, Lisa, like we have this amazing like flavor and core and light in ourselves. And then we get into a relationship and we get married and we take on a job and maybe we have kids and we volunteer and we have all these layers on us. And divorce can be a silver lining in that it it cuts through all those layers and really exposes us again. And I know for myself and a lot of other clients, we're left standing, not really sure of who that person is. You know, and Shannon, I'm going to just bring up in my own life, I even remember going through this as my kids took off to college. You know, that was a very different feeling for me. And I'm hoping that you can help with this too, is trying to really figure out myself and what my needs are because you always, you know, you put yourself last. A hundred percent. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's not just during divorce. And that's where I work with one subset of women who are navigating divorce. and, And the other group of my clients is women's empowerment, because it's exactly like you're saying, it's, it's people who are maybe a career change. It's maybe their kids went to school. It's maybe they're relocating somewhere and they're facing a different chapter of life. And they're like, Hmm, what now? Mm -hmm. And so what I do across all of my clients is we get in touch with her values because that's where it all starts. When I say to her, what is it that you value in life? It's usually a mic drop moment. And it usually goes dead quiet. Because it's not something we often think about. It's like we, we're so busy doing what we have to do because we should or we're responsible for something or it's just a habit. Like, well, I don't do that or I do do that. When we take a, what I call a powerful pause and we actually think about what we want and what's important to us, what makes us tick, what makes us happy, what fulfills us. And we list those things. And for some of my clients, there's two. And some of my clients, there's 22. And that's fine. But we need to get in touch with that which we value, knowing it's going to change. Like what I valued when my girls were little, little is very different than what I value now that they're teenagers. And so what do you value? Step one. Step two is what habits are we going to put in place that honor those values? So for example, one of my values is freedom. What am I doing on a daily, weekly, monthly basis to honor that value of freedom? What does that feel like for me? How do I know that that value is being honored? Because I'll tell you, I know when it's not being honored. Those are the moments when we feel a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, a lot of resentment when our values are being trampled on. And that happens quite frequently in divorce because it's security 
It's safety that are being dishonored. It's financial abundance sometimes that's being dishonored. It's time with loved ones if we're separating and we have children. So when those values are dishonored is when we feel a lot of that tension. And so it's an education for all of us to understand, okay, when I'm feeling that way, what do I value that's not getting, that doesn't have an outlet or that someone is, something is trampling on right now? Does that make sense? It does make sense. And I don't know why. I'm glad that you brought up the word freedom. And I know this is your own personal journey. Can you explain that a little bit to me? So when you value freedom, Mm -hmm. what are you needing in your life to give you that peace? Yes, it depends on the day. And so I like to kind of keep even freedom of thought or freedom of definition, because sometimes freedom for me is being able to go outside. Sometimes freedom is to decide if I want to ride the Peloton or I want to hit my yoga mat. Sometimes it's freedom to think about what I want to think about versus the problems that might be coming my way. And so even within freedom itself, it's subset for me, but it's really that essence or that feeling of like, I have space. I I like that. A bigger container than being backed into a corner or feeling like I don't have any choice. Thank you for clarifying that, because I think that's been a question in my mind when people talk about freedom, and that makes total sense. It can be in your thoughts, mm-hmm. even. So, okay, so now you said that you help people know themselves, mm-hmm. and what habits can they do like every day to honor those values that they discovered when they got to know themselves? Yes. Is there a step three? And step three is really the accountability of what do those, how are you upholding those habits and what changes do you need to make? So if somebody's like, yes, I will work out every morning at 6am and they realize they try it and it's just not going to happen. Okay. So then what change do you need to make to honor that value? And where I come in as a coach is for the accountability to say, okay, well, what got in your way? Because it's usually not as simple as like, well, I just didn't feel like it. And if something got in your way consistently, then we need to make some adjustments. Yep. These are great tips for women who are going through this kind of scary life change. Do you have any tips for my listeners for when they're in the heat Hmm. of a discussion or a mediation with their soon-to-be ex-spouse? And that's really hard because you're kind of in fight or flight. What kind of things, I mean, I know like preparing, probably doing some mind work beforehand, understanding what you really want, what the issues are, but what other things they can do in the moment to help them? Yes, absolutely. And you make a great point. It is fight or flight and not to get too scientific, but our body cannot exist. That vagus nerve is either fight or flight or it's calm and relaxed. We can't be both at the same time. So if we're really amped up, which most of us are heading into those types of conversations, it's very difficult to access that other part of ourselves. So what I always say to my clients is you have permission to take space, to say, I got to think about this for a second and go outside to listen to your favorite song, to go to the bathroom and put cold water on your face, to go into your car and do some deep breathing exercises. Because we don't want to get into that space where we're reacting. We really want to respond from that place of thoughtfulness. 
but it's like a ladder. You know, we kind of step one rung up at a time and all of a sudden we're up here on level 10 when we really want to be making our best decisions from a grounded place. And it's, mm-hmm. it's quick to elevate, but it's also a practice to bring ourselves back down. And that is possible, but we need to give ourselves that space to pause and to intentionally recognize, well, I'm elevated here. And that's something I'll work with her on ahead of time. It's like, how will you know when you're getting triggered? We, you know, we say there's these expected triggers, like when I drop my kids off or when he says X, Y, Z, or she looks at me a certain way, boom, I'm triggered. But we also have those unexpected triggers where we get information or we see something or hear something and it's like, whoa, that wave just knocked me over and I'm drinking salt water. So we want to know those triggers, you know, or expect the triggers that we know and learn how to read ourselves when the unexpected triggers come. So that's part of the prep work that you mentioned is like, okay, if you do get triggered, how will you know it? Can you sense it coming? And can you get yourself out of that space and deescalate a little bit? This is so helpful to me. And I'm taking notes like crazy because this is something that I do want to let my, so I'm working with the both parties and I want them to really kind of look inside themselves and know it's not going to be like there's a coach sitting there with them, but at least they can be aware that if something is triggering them, stop the mediation, let me know. And that's why I love, I do this on a flat fee. So it's not like we're going to be wasting any time and you know, there's no harm done for taking a little bit of a break, but I love that. And absolutely we'll be using that with my clients to help them. And I'm sure the triggers are their feelings a tightness in their chest, heavy breathing. So triggers are probably when you're in the moment and you're trying to think fast is something that is upsetting or scary or gets you feeling hot. I mean, those are probably kind of some simple ways to look at it. Yeah, those are the physical triggers, but we also have the intellectual and the emotional trigger. So you might have a reaction or a thought that comes across based on something that was said that kind of takes you out of the room and into this other what if story. I would consider that a trigger as well. I would Mm -hmm. consider it a trigger if you all of a sudden are flooded with emotion. So you have intense sadness or anger or resentment all of a sudden. And those happen in those meetings as well. So it's really recognizing the different silos of what could potentially be happening for you and being able to just, okay, time out for a second. Yep. Yeah, that is going to be extremely helpful to my mediations and my clients. So thank you for sharing that. Now I want to get to, I have this new um, section in my podcast, a new segment called the Saddle Up segment. And it's where I ask each of my guests a positive move forward or something that the listeners can do right now to make a difference in their lives. I think for me, the word that comes to mind is being intentional. Because divorce can be so chaotic and there can be so many demands on you, it's really to decide intentionally, okay, what do I want to do today? Even if it's something small, but it flexes that muscle, Lisa, of being in touch with yourself and prioritizing yourself, that you're not at the reaction and the response of everybody else. It's like, okay, this is something that I would like to move my life forward. And so I I think it would be the word intentionality. Shannon McGorry, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And now if my listeners want to reach out to you, what's a good way to schedule an appointment or even just look at your website? 
Absolutely. My website is lovestrengthandgrace.com and they can read more about my story there or client testimonials and they can book a, a free strategy session there and really just get to know me more and, and read more about what coaching is like. Cause that's still a fairly new concept that a lot of people maybe don't know about or haven't experienced yet. Yeah. And I do, I have to tell you, I so believe in coaching. It has changed my life. And when you were talking about mindset, you are speaking my language. So listeners, check out Shannon McGorry. You've been a delight to have. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This is terrific. Thank you for listening to the Doing Divorce Different podcast. Connect with us at lisakoski.com and sign up for our newsletter.